This Week in Wealth is powered by Alpha Wealth Group. If you're serious about retirement and have saved $250,000 or more, call Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino now, 630-934-1855 or alphawealthgroup.com. Alpha Wealth Group, retirement made simple. Hey, good morning, Chicago. Happy Sunday and welcome back to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink. I am the CEO of Best Money Moves, my financial wellness company. And I'm Tom Fortino. I'm the principal and founder of the Alpha Wealth Group right here in the Chicagoland area. We're a retirement planning group. We provide investment planning, tax planning, asset planning, estate planning, kind of the whole thing. I like to talk about being complete. The whole ball of retirement wax. The whole ball, the kit and caboodle, as they say. (laughs) If you want to talk with Tom or you want to ask us a question, give us a call or you can text 630-934-1855, 630-934-1855, or you can go to alphawealthgroup.com and take advantage of all the cool information Tom has on his website. So let's start off with news. Uh, this week was kind of nuts. ADP said the job market was booming, private payrolls expanding way beyond what was expected. Um, in fact, so far, ADP says companies have added, get this time, 800,000 jobs in the mm-hmm. first third of the year, which is, uh, you know, a big number. Um, on the other side, mortgage rates are at about 6.5%. Um, and I think the Fed had been counting on those interest rates, really dampening enthusiasm for housing, mm-hmm. pushing down pricing. But that isn't happening. Um, and that's keeping, I think, what the Fed is thinking about is sticky CPI numbers, sticky mm-hmm. versus flexible. Those two things aren't actually opposite. Sticky and unsticky would be more... But anyway, they yeah. call it sticky and mm-hmm. flexible. Um, sticky, sticky consumer price index stuff is like goods and services that don't change a lot over time, like housing prices. Um, and then you've got flexible CPI, which is kind of like the price of tomatoes. And at the height of the inflation uh, boom, the flexible CPI, so the price of tomatoes, got as high as like 19% inflation rate, which... I think everybody really understands because if you look at the price of tomatoes or onions or <laughs> celery mm-hmm. or anything else you might buy in a grocery store, I mean, it was zooming up and mm-hmm. it doesn't feel anywhere close to, you know, say the five or six percent right. inflation is now, right? Yeah. Um, yep. Food inflation has absolutely been higher. Yeah. And then we had another bank failure, <laughs> First Republic. It's kind of a busy mm-hmm. week uh, for money yeah. news. Second largest bank failure in U.S. history even bigger than Silicon Valley Bank, bigger than Signature Bank. And then um, Apple became a bank, (laughs) announcing that (laughs) Apple Card's new high-yield savings account was available with a generous 4.15% annual percentage rate for the year, APY. And they got a billion dollars of deposits. Boy, what First Republic could have used with that. So anyway, a lot of news. Thoughts, Tom? (laughs) Well, you know, I don't think, you know, what's different this week than it was last week was the week before, you know. So we're always inundated with news. I would say kind of one of the takeaways is what can we do about it as the average investor, how we take a look at these sometimes. I sometimes refer to a lot of this stuff as noise. And unfortunately, sometimes, you know, we can just get bogged down in it because next week, you know, we're going to talk about 
uh, whatever it might be, if it's CPI or the Fed raising rates, or we're going to talk about housing debt, or we're going to, you know, just it just is just this continuum. Unfortunately, I'm not saying bury your head in the sand, but I'm saying we don't want this to disrupt you. There's been a number of studies that have done, and you know, behavioral finance, Elise. I'm sure you're very into, you know, all the numbers, and that's something you study. It's something that impacts us, and there's been studies that have said that any type of stress. You know, it impairs your ability to to think, and so we just have to be so very careful with some of these things. So I'm going to say today's show, we're going to give some ideas of taking action because this was an article in the Wall Street Journal that talked about the way to solve some of these things. Because I'm sure a lot of people out there feel stressed is to take charge of whatever you can, and when people perceive they have some control over their environment, guess what? That simple belief can help them getting to their goals. And this is from, you know, these neuroscientists and behavioral science. So that's kind of my takeaway. I hope that's helpful. (laughs) But this is what we want to try to accomplish today and giving you ideas because you know what happens. And we I think we've said this before, at least once you start to get engaged, once you start to do things, it just it can be infectious and and it can it can be very helpful to you saying, you know, I can take charge of my plan and I'm going to do that. And so I think that's that's kind of, I guess, maybe hopefully, hopefully the theme for today. We're going to try to take charge, take action, and give you some ideas that are going to make a difference. So let's do start with one idea that you think okay. might be helpful. Well, I mean, the first thing, as I said, is we talk about organization because we're going to get into some other ideas today as well, you know, about the Roths and maybe talking about income planning, all parts of your plan. Yep. But I always say the starting point for anyone is to be organized. It's very difficult for us. We're so busy, but it is not uncommon for people to say, you know, I'm not, for, certainly for those of you that are married, you may have an old 401k, you have an IRA. Um, if I asked you what the values were, who the beneficiaries are, how your assets are titled, what the value of your overall estate is, would you know that? What is your life insurance coverage? Would you know that? These are things that we want to be aware of. And, you know, I have that asset organizer. More than happy to send it out to anybody who wants it. We can email it to you. You can download it and you can start putting some things in. Once you have this financial snapshot in front of you, you're probably going to be surprised. But you know what it's going to allow you to do? You'll know all of these things I just mentioned. You'll know what's in tax deferred, tax free, after tax. You'll know all the numbers. And then you can start to make. And I'm, and as I said, I'm pretty confident in the statement. You're going to uncover some things you were probably unaware of. And so then, once you get that in place, man, you, that's that's the best start because you'll have a financial picture. You can start to take action. Yeah, actually writing down what you spend reveals all sorts of hidden things. And I know, mm-hmm. you know, Gen Z millennials today, you know, they think, oh, well, I don't need to write it down because it's I'd use I use my debit card for everything, so it's there. But it's different than you actually it having is. to go through that and so I and I learned this lesson when I was in college traveling abroad and my mother gave me a certain amount of money plus what I'd earned in the summer to live on for an entire year and um, I thought wow I better really watch what I'm doing here and so I bought a little notebook for 69 pence I was living in Wales and I started writing it all down and I still have that somewhere today and it's kind of amazing to look back Mm -hmm. and be able to recall things that I did because I was keeping such accurate track you know like literally Mm -hmm. every single pence that i spent um went into that and i i think that that's a very useful exercise for anybody even today because i don't think people go back to their debit card statements and even look at them anymore i I just things happen in real time people kind of think that it does and i i just don't Uh i I think it's a good idea you know 
Yeah, go ahead. That's part of it because you're putting pencil to paper. You're looking at it. It's it, it just makes a it's a whole different, I guess, you know, action that you're taking that really kind of makes it sink in. Just like when you take notes, you know, if you're going to be on a diet, that's one thing I did years ago, which I need to do again. <laughs> You start <laughs> writing down the counts. calories every day, and you put. It's like, oh my god, you see it, and it's just, it's just again, it opens your eyes to things, and that's why this is so important. Yeah, to getting organized. The budget worksheet is something else we can include, but having all of these worksheets and then tracking them, man, I just think that's that is if you you accomplish that from today, that's we've that's accomplished huge. something. Huge. All right, we're gonna we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, we've got a rule of thumb that you may never have heard before. I hadn't heard of it. You're listening to This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink here with Tom Fortino. Our number is 630-934-1855. If you would like to join the conversation or send us a text or just add a question, 630-934-1855, or go to alphawealthgroup.com. All right, so we're giving you some helpful things that you can do in this very uncertain kind of financial world we're living in at the moment. You know, last segment, we talked about writing down every single thing that you spend just as an exercise, just because it's good to get off your phone once in a while. Although, I guess you could do it on your phone, too. But here's another one, Tom. I had not heard of this. It comes from Fidelity, and it's called the 45% rule. Mm -hmm. And it says, your savings should generate 45% of your pre-tax, pre-retirement income every year with Social Security filling in the rest of your spending needs. Does that math work, actually? <laughs> I mean, how old is that rule? <laughs> you know, we've talked about these rules before, at least the 4% rule, getting to a certain number. Can I get to 2 million, 3 million, or whatever? That getting to this number will make us secure in retirement, whatever it is. But the rules are great. I guess as a vehicle, I would say they're general. I don't know how really how helpful they are. Here's where they are helpful they're helpful in the sense that maybe it makes you take a look. We, we just talked about it in the last segment about being organized, not just knowing where all the assets are and all those, but also your income, where your income source is going to come from. What do you need in retirement? You know, the, the Employee Benefit Research Institute had said that almost half the people really don't know what they need in retirement. And so know your numbers. That's the old yeah. adage, you know, with a shark tank or these other, just any business, consider your personal finance a business and start to know your numbers. And so when we look at income planning, that's a process. Again, step one, figure out, as you said, write it down, but that's that budget worksheet. We have one if others want one. And again, you can add up all the numbers. You're going to see, and you may be surprised again, wow, this is what I need. I need 10000 a month. I just need that. And so then the question is, okay, if you need that, where is that income going to come from? Let's separate income from assets. See how we're walking through this process? Mm -hmm. What do I need? Step one. Step two, now define your income sources. What is my Social Security benefit? If I have a spouse, what is their Social Security benefit? You may be halfway there with just that. Is there a pension? Should I use an annuity? And then we start building this income plan. You know, again, this is powerful stuff. So this is why, you know, again, if we start to take action on some of these things, we start to know our numbers. And you know what? The other result, I think, is you start to provide clarity which brings down the stress. These are all good things. No, I think that's true. I also think that this 45% rule doesn't hold, I don't know what income it holds up for, but if yeah, you are an, anyone who earns, let's say, two hundred dollars or $250,000, the maximum you're going to get from Social Security is, you know, right now, I think around $40,000, $45,000. I'm sorry. Yeah, is that right? 45000 a year? It's 4000 a month? 
Yeah, and the numbers have gone up a little bit. You know, the maximum. Very few people are at max at the maximum level. It means you paid in. You know, at the highest, you've capped out every single year for thirty five years. Well, let's That's- assume. Let's assume you did right. Let's assume that you the very very maximum. Maybe this year it's forty five hundred a month. So. That would be around uh, fifty. I'm just sort of yeah, adding this in my head. That's fifty two thousand right. a year. Right? Yeah. Okay. So you, you're getting fifty four thousand, but if you're living on two hundred or two hundred fifty thousand, that's not forty. You know, that doesn't represent forty five or fifty five percent of your total expenditures, right? Correct. It's that a lot less. So you have to think. <laughs> have well, this to, even my poor math skills, <laughs> even I can tell that it's not quite right. So you have to think about that, you know, in relation. If you're earning, you know, $50,000 a year, your Social Security check may be 1500 or 1800 a month, which I think is around what the average is. Mm-hmm. But that might be a lot higher percentage than, you know, if you earned more. Now, mm-hmm. assuming... Now, that's just if one person, you know, you had a single family breadwinner. Most families today aren't like that. Most have two, so there would be mm-hmm. two Social Security checks. You'd have two anyway, right, because the spousal version of it. But, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Correct. is that something you should think about? Well, you know, and yeah, absolutely, at least. You know, when you're bringing up these things, and this is kind of the process. For those of you out there that are saying, well, I'm not really sure what this is. I'm not, you know, this is where... You, you have to get started. You know, it's not uncommon. I have conversations with someone said, you know, I woke up one day and I was 63. I, what happened? I mean, I'm a few years out from retirement and I got to, it's time to start, you know, okay. And I get it. Again, this is not to be critical. It's, we're busy with lives. We don't, you know, we're accumulating. We're going through this process. And then all of a sudden we're thinking, okay, I'm a few years away. I got to turn this around and go into the distribution. So to your point, Look, whatever the number is, this is again why we want to know our numbers. Do you need a hundred thousand? Do you need one hundred and fifty? I meet with a lot of people, and those numbers are kind of—I don't want to say all over—but there's some that I'm surprised. They say, look, we just we live a Spartan lifestyle. This is all we, really. That's all we need. We've done the numbers. They'll hand me the budget worksheets I send out to them, detailed. It's really great when I see that because they know this is what we need, and so you you add a cushion onto it. And then you can take a look at these other pieces and see, okay, what do I have coming in? You may be covered. If there's an income gap, then the question is, what do I need to do to supplement my income, either from investments or whatever it might be, annuities we talked about. These are things where we create income that comes in for the rest of our life. It's important stuff. So just as an odd question, what percentage (laughs) of your clients come in with a Quicken spreadsheet? Like they can go back 30 years on Quicken and show you what they earn. What percentage? Very few. <laughs> very few. I can say, I don't even, I can't give you an exact number, but I, I know it's very few. Typically, when I get it, I'll look at them and say, okay, you're either an engineer or an accountant or a programmer <laughs> or something, because this just, you know, I get the spreadsheets. But it does happen, but I, I know it's not a lot. And so that so, again goes to the point. I know, I know. My family's a little, we're a little nuts. We've been keeping Quicken records for 30 years. But um, here's the other question, though. Uh, for people who do come in with a detailed budget, how mm-hmm. many of them stick to it in retirement? You know, that's a great question. Because I, I, I've been doing this long enough where I've had individuals approaching retirement or in retirement. And, you know, again, this was an article I read in Wall Street Journal. And I think this is relatively true because I've had these conversations where this person said, you know, before retirement, I was told, you know, whatever you need, add four to $500 a month, period. Just add it. And he was yeah. like, why would I do that? Right. And then every month. Well, I need to fix the uh, garage door. Well, I need to, and it was certainly that was it. So, you know, you add these buffers in, and that's been true with most of the people I deal with. 
And in most cases, they've been, you know, they've been in a good spot when they do go into retirement. There's those unforeseen things like things like, uh, you, you know, you, you, you don't know if the water heater is going out. You, dental uh, care is really kind of interesting. And that's one of the things that I've seen surprise oh, yeah. a number of people in retirement. Yeah, so the surprises are really interesting. We should talk a little bit more about that. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about a question that we got this week. Same theory, uh, you know, same same kind of uh, logic going on here. 630-934-1855. If you have a question or a comment for Tom or for me, alphawealthgroup.com. You're listening to This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the second half of This Week in Wealth. If you're just joining us, I'm Elise Glink. I'm CEO of Best Money Moves, my financial wellness company. And I'm here with Tom Fortino, the founder and principal of the Alpha Wealth Group. Uh, you can find us online, alphawealthgroup.com. If you want to leave a question uh, for Tom or for me, do it there, 630-934-1855. So, Tom, it's been a super interesting show. You know, we were talking about... Uh, just kind of surprises people get in retirement and the, the idea that medical things can surprise you and when I read that every year I read off the I think it's the Kaiser Family Foundation mm-hmm. does this study on how much you need for retirement for health care costs that are not covered by Medicare which gets mm-hmm. by the way subtracted from Social Security mm-hmm. uh, and it's like $300,000 a year per person over the rest of your life and I think people just definitely aren't prepared for that well there's been studies and fidelity's done and i think you're yeah you're saying i've seen anywhere from 250 to 300,000 that you'll need over your retirement right over the year however many years you're in retirement so i mean if you want to break it down and say okay you know maybe it's 10 to 15,000 a year whatever that number is mm-hmm. we need to be aware of that and again factor that into the budget um, that's an expense, and the major medical and those type of things. Hopefully, those things are covered by some level of insurance. It's just the other things that can pile up. So, if, and but certainly the insurance too. If you're buying supplemental insurance or anything uh, in addition to the Medicare, you know, I always tell people, look, then you, we need to work that into the budget. Is it? You know, I do some of the analysis on healthcare costs to give you. Again, no, you can't get to the penny, but you can get some ideas. So, if I say, look, we need we need to add two thousand a month into your budget for healthcare. I know these numbers seem incredible, but it's important to say, this is an expense I have to account for. So you do that and you do it again to the best you can as far as trying to cover those things. But this is part of this income planning and budgeting and what do I need in retirement? And I would just want another kind, I should have, I was going to mention this last segment. Anybody wants it, because I have what I call the income planning packet. It walks through this process, the budget worksheets, the income strategies, all of that, and trying to create an income plan. So, I mean, I'm more than happy to make that available to people who want to really start to evaluate their income plan and where they stand. Yeah, that's a, it's an incredibly useful tool, folks. I went through it myself, even though we keep everything on QuickBooks um, and Quicken. I, it's still, that's a good I, thing. You listen, should recommend I'm, it. Hey. I'm I'm getting my gold star today from you. That's good. Um, All right. Question of the week. Uh, I thought this was really good. We got a call from a listener who asked if she could still contribute the maximum contribution to a Roth IRA after she maxed out her employer 401k. Mm-hmm. And she said she was having a very difficult time finding the answer. I don't know why, because there are 7 billion websites that claim <laughs> to talk about this. Maybe she had a hard time figuring out the real who to trust. That which, could be the problem that there's yeah. 7 billion websites. Yeah, you don't know. You get confusing information. All right. So let's run through the maximum contributions <clears throat> and how that works. And also, 
if you make way too much money for a Roth IRA, let's talk about the backdoor Roth IRA rules. Well, the Roth IRA is really, I think it's been around since 96 or 98, but um, the Roth IRA is a contribution plan and the limits are similar to a traditional IRA. $6,500 per person per year if you're under age 50, 50 and above it's $7,500 per person per year. And so you can contribute to these if you, I always say, look, the rules are you can contribute to a Roth even if you're contributing to a 401k. You can contribute to a Roth even if you're not working, if this one spouse is working. So an, a non-working spouse can contribute if the other one has income. You can contribute to a Roth even if you're at any age. So we have to understand some of these rules and take advantage of them and try to get as much money because keep in mind, Roth IRAs grow tax-free the rest of your life. There's no required minimum distributions. They're not used to tax your Social Security and they go to your spouse and children tax-free. And regardless of tax rates in the future, the tax rate on the Roth is always zero. So I guess you can tell I'm a fan of these. So uh, Just a the- little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, we've talked a lot about the conversion, you know, Roth mm-hmm. conversions, which, you know, obviously are the same sort of thing that you find kind of a back, this backdoor mm-hmm. um, rule and change <clears throat> and things like that. The other thing um, that I think is it, it wasn't really covered and we have talked about it, but it hasn't always been sort of up front, is this idea of the Roth 401k mm-hmm. as another sort of option for somebody. Absolutely. Uh, you know, when I think about that, and we offer it in our company, by the way, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's Great. taking it up on it. I, it's I crazy. Just, yeah, I don't know why that is. Why Do you think people just don't even think to ask about it? I, that's part of it, and I think you know part of it too is we've been just told you, you know this it, the most common theme, and that's kind of changing. Is look, you're going to be in a lower tax back when you when you retire. My answer to that is maybe. And the other things to consider is you know again because people don't like paying the tax today. The idea is hey, I don't have to pay tax on this. That's great, but it, but at some point you will have to pay the tax at a tax rate. We don't know what it will be. There are required minimum distributions on those, and the, whatever you draw out at whatever the tax rate is in the future is used in the calculation to determine how much of your Social Security is taxable, to determine how much of your Medicare premiums. So these are things to consider. Does it make sense? It's not an all-or-nothing proposition. I mean, I've made the example, which is maybe extreme, but if all of your money was in a Roth, you would never pay taxes the rest of your life. All of your Social Security would be tax-free in addition to that. So... You know, I'm not saying you'll get there, but we can try to get there. And with Roth 401ks, you know, the contribution levels higher than IRAs, $30,000 if you're over age 50, you could put 15000 in the traditional, 15000 in the Roth, kind of split the difference just to work in some of the tax-free strategies so you have more options on the back end. We say pay on the seed, not on the harvest. Yeah, which is actually, I you know, I think obviously a good idea to really think it through um, how do you, so people should just go, I, I think your HR department, if you're listening and you're working still, you know, your HR department would be able to tell you mm-hmm. if you have a Roth 401k, because you may have the option, but the, but not an automatic account for it. Do you find that with your clients that they don't, they, they get stuck because they have to go talk to HR and then figure out how to get it open or are they sort of automatically opened in companies? Like in our, our case, yeah. you can open it, but you have to literally open it. Yeah, you have to take the step. I think the 401k plans, they're these plans that really offer some opportunities. Number one, you have a pretty high contribution. If you can do it to 30000 if you're over age 50, right there, 
uh, you know that that that's pretty uh, nice to be able to do that. You also want to find out if there's the Roth IRA option. You also want to, you know, I mean, I would, I always say, call and ask questions. Find out what you're contributing. Some people are really aren't sure. There's almost a list of things I would tell you to do. Find out and confirm what the match is. I just had a meeting this week, and I gave, I said, jot this down. One, do I have a Roth option? Because we just had this conversation with someone. Two. What am, what exactly am I contributing? Just confirm it. Sometimes people are confused. They don't know. And then I say, three, what is the match? Understand that's free money. Four, find out if uh, you know you can do in, There's other things, in-service rollers. Know which, how you're invested. There's things that we should really understand this 401k plan to maximize it because there's more options than we may realize in these plans. And by the way, one last thing. <laughs> you can do the Roth 401k. You can do a Roth IRA. And you can do a Roth conversion. Those are three different things. You can do all three of them at once. All right. We've got to take a short break. 630-934-1855, alphawealthgroup.com. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more in a moment on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink here with Tom Fortino. Uh, great conversation today, Tom. We are just, yeah. you know, uh, it's just digging into a lot of good stuff. Uh, you can join the conversation, send us a text, ask us a question, 630-934-1855, or go to Tom's website, alphawealthgroup.com, and take advantage of all the cool information that's there. So, Tom, I want to go back to where we started the show today mm-hmm. with inflation. So, thanks mm-hmm. to inflation, Social Security checks were boosted by 8.7% this year. That was the biggest raise in decades. And then there's the bad news. So, according to the latest projection, and I know we're only like a third of the way through the year, but the not-for-profit Senior Citizens League is the one that kind of projects where the next increase is going to be. And they say that the next COLA, cost of living adjustment for Social Security, will be 3% or less in 2024. Mm-hmm. Okay. Given that I-bonds are paying around 6.5% for the next six months, and the Fed feels their work on inflation isn't quite done and is still too high, and we still have like 5% inflation, I just can't quite get to the whole 3% COLA increase. So mm-hmm. if it turns out to be true... How do you reevaluate a budget? Again, if you're on a fixed income and the increase isn't keeping up with everything else that's going on out there, what do you do? Well, I mean, this is all part of, I would say, just as far as the preparation going into it. You know, when I analyze someone's plan or I test their plan, you can look at the history of Social Security, you can look at the history of inflation. In fact, you know, there were, I think, three years in, since 2000 that the increase was zero. 0.0, 2015, 2009, 2010, 0.0. It's kind of like Blue Tarski's grade point average, I guess, from uh, whatever it was mm-hmm. from Animal House. But, Animal House. You know, yeah. <laughs> but you didn't, uh, there weren't increases. So, you know, you, again, these are things where you look at it, you kind of average over time. You just, you can't know from one year to the next. And certainly we can't say eight years from now what it's going to be. So we want to, I just wanted to take, as I would say, is you need to factor this into your plan. When I run, again, when I test someone's plan to see where they're at, I factor in, number one, inflation at least 3%. I can go higher, but to say, look, you you need 3% more every year, period. Mm -hmm. You may not spend it, but let's test it that way to see where you stand. Second, I also increase Social Security, but I do it by 2%, a little less. So it's, again, we want to have it increasing a little less and say, how does your plan, we're going to stress test it and see where it looks like. And so that's how you want to analyze the plan up front. From year to year, unfortunately, 
if it's impacting you and you're already in retirement, you know, those are times where you're just going to have to take a look at what can I do to, to adjust to some of these things if you feel Social Security is not keeping up with inflation and keeping up with your budget. You know, that's, that's a different story. But uh, certainly for anyone who's looking at their retirement plan, we were talking earlier, Lisa, about income planning and knowing your income. Keep in mind, inflation, longevity, you really want to factor all these things into the analysis as well as we talked about healthcare costs, all of these things, you know, we just we yeah. just want to get, kind of take. We talked about being complete and taking a big picture look at this. Take some of these things in, into account for sure. You know, it's funny because I think about you know how income comes in, and you know I think that you know some of our listeners, and we've heard from some of them, uh, are on a very very limited budget. They don't really don't have a lot of flexibility, and mm-hmm. they've spent the last. Three years since the pandemic started, literally counting every single penny. And I want to, you know, give a shout out to those people because this has not been an easy time. And in fact, in my whole life, other than, you know, the when I was still in high school in the 80s, the early 80s, and we were looking at very, very high inflation back then, too. I mean, this has really been, a, you know, this penny pinching skill has been something mm-hmm. that I think the vast majority of Americans are are learning. Um, and and what do you do, you know, when you don't have any more pennies to pinch? I think the answer is you've got to find some way to either defray costs, take advantage of free services, or even, you know, try and get a part-time job that you can manage. Mm-hmm. Hard to do, although there are a lot of things out there. It's hard to get a job when you're 70 years old. And maybe all your pieces and parts don't work quite the same way that they used to. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there anything else that you've been able to help your clients with over the time if that's the situation they suddenly find themselves in, either because they made bad investments or because prices got out of control? You know, as far as those, I don't come across those situations all too often, but, you know, to your point, I think there's there are opportunities. Again, it's tough. All of these, this whole discussion is tough because it's it's just a tough situation for someone to be in. And I do agree with the there's opportunities, I think, to a certain extent for part-time. I've had some clients that do it mostly voluntarily, but they can make a few thousand here, a few thousand there, and that makes a big difference. To your point, substituting things or trying to defray costs, you know, I guess to a certain extent, you know, there are the these, you see these things, I, I'm not saying I would lean on these, but... You know, the reverse mortgages, the selling your life insurance. Again, I'm a little apprehensive on those. But those are things that you may have certain things within your, that are assets that you have that you can turn into some type of income stream. So there might be some opportunities there, too. Well, I think that there's just a lot of, you know, sort of unexpected things that happen in retirement. And I can see them now that I'm in my 50s, um, Mm -hmm. that... You know, you start looking at the world a little bit differently. Maybe your costs are going down because your kids are sort of just finishing up with college or, you know, I guess for some people they haven't even gotten there yet um, and you're 60 years mm-hmm. old. You know, the realities of shifting, time shifting our lives by 10 years or so where we're taking longer to go through college, longer to pair up and, and if we're going to have kids not happening f- Till mid 30s, buying a house mid 30s, you know, all this stuff used to happen mid 20s. So now it's mid 30s, which means that if you're starting to have kids in your mid 30s and you're going to have two, you're probably not sending them off to college till you're like 60. 
mm-hmm. or close to close to being 60, and you're not done with college until you're into your 60s, and now you're sort of smack up against retirement just as you've kind of had those big years. And then, of course, what did we say a couple of weeks ago? It was something like 64% of parents are now contributing yeah. about 1400 bucks a month to keep yeah, their 20-somethings afloat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's some huge number. And so it just feels like it's just kind of interesting, right? It's it's These are really tough, challenging things. And, and in my mind, it's going to make everybody just kind of push retirement back as far as they can. I mean, we're seeing some of that, people delaying retirement. I mean, those numbers are coming out more and more about people not uh, retiring um, at certain times, more people working, continuing to work. And so... I think we have the highest level of people over age 65 working than, than, than ever before. But, um, you know, it's always that we always say take care of yourself first, prioritize yourself first, and then secondarily, these other things, if you can do it. So if you can get your retirement plan locked in place, feel good about it, Sam. Okay, now we can take on these other things, whether it's gifting to children, helping out children. help. But that's why we have to prioritize in our planning. Step one, get your plan in place, feel good about it, and strong, you know, confident where you're at. Um, we talk about testing it. We do that. but And then you can look at these other things. And so hopefully, as we said today, right in the beginning, the call to action is to start doing some things. And if you just start with that, you know, sitting down and getting organized and looking at your investments and where you stand and then start to put these pieces in place, maybe contribute to a Roth IRA. You know, that's part of it. Find out where your income's at. We talked about a number of things today, Lisa, and I hopefully these are actionable items that people can take advantage of. Yeah, and I and I just want to acknowledge how difficult it is to do this, right? And, and as I'll just as I, I always always do, just tell you, I, <laughs> Sam and I have been talking about writing a new will. Not that our old will is out of date, but it's kind of like old and out of date, and. We haven't been able to get to it. Every weekend, it's like, okay, this is the weekend we're going to do it, and then Mm -hmm. the weekend flies by, and it's the new week. So I get that looking with open, clear eyes at your actual financial situation may not be the kind of fun you want to have. (laughs) It may be a little, and you may be worried that you're in in worse shape than you think you are, and I'm here to tell you that you've got to push through it. It's hard to do, but you got to push through it. And this is where having somebody like Tom on hand is really helpful, right? Because you get somebody who is, you know, holds you accountable. You get your homework. You got to come back in and meet. And it's the kind of stuff that actually can help, I think, get you over the hump. And so that's going to be my my plug is do anything you need to do. Open a bottle of wine. Give yourself a (laughs) box of chocolates. Call Tom or somebody like Tom in your life to hold you accountable. Do what you need to do to to look it in the eye. um, You know, look what your actual numbers are. Deal with the reality, not what you would like it to be, uh, so that you can start to put some of these really wonderful suggestions that we've given you today into action. I promise you, step by step. It's just going to feel a whole lot better. 630-934-1855. That's it for this edition of This Week in Wealth. You can always listen to past episodes at WGNRadio.com. And be sure to let us know how you like the show at AlphaWealthGroup.com. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Tom, I hope you have a great week. You too, Elise. All right. Take care, everybody. Enjoy the week, and we'll talk to you again next Sunday on 720 WGN. 
Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Advisor. Alpha Wealth Group, WGN, and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specialized in fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors. Insurance and annuities offered through Alpha Wealth Group, licensed in Illinois. Tom Fortino and Alpha Wealth Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.